0: I am Greg
1: and I'm Betsy
0: and this is going on 30 a popping collar side project where we tell the double truth Ruth
1: (laughs) okay okay
0: (laughs) about movies that were nominated or should have been nominated for best picture 30 years ago this month we are looking at Spike Lee's do the right thing it's going to be a scorcher today. Universal
2: Pictures presents a new film from Spike Lee. Good morning, Miss Mother Sister. Now, Mookie, don't work too hard today. The man says it's going to be hot as the devil. You I've been here 25 years it. and Sal's famous pizzeria is here to stay. Trust me. I'm Mookie, the last time I trusted you,
1: we ended up with the
2: sun. I know you can't stand it. You can't stand it. Hey, hey Sal, I'm going to get the a war the wall here. You want brothers on the wall? Love. Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. what I tell you about that noise? what I tell you about that
1: picture? You called some brother talk
2: to him. You the man. No, you the, the man. man. No, you the man. Are no, you the man. The first time you turn your back, boom. Ah! Right here, man, in the back. A chill. You like to sign a petition to boycott oh, Dallas Famous Pizzeria? Hear me, what you ought to do is boycott that no good barber that the messed power. up your head. And that's the double truth. Rule, the power. Fight the power. The you know, deep down the, down the side, issue in black. <laughs> Who told you to step on my sneakers? Who told you to walk on my side of the block? Who told you to be in my neighborhood? I own this brownstone. Who told you to buy a brownstone on, block, the the down down. on my block in my neighborhood on my side of the street? I can't even hear myself Rock Think. From Spike Lee. Director of School Days, and she's gotta have it. Good people, please! If we don't stop this, we can stop it now! We're gonna do something, we're gonna regret it for the rest of our lives! Doctor? Come on, what? What? Always do the right thing. That's it? That's it. I got it. I'm gone.
1: I, heard it,
0: right? uh, I have a synopsis for this movie. Would you like to hear it?
1: I would love to hear it.
0: A hot day on a Brooklyn city block serves as the background for stories about community, economic injustice, and racism as tensions between a pizzeria owner and his patrons rise.
1: Okay.
0: Not too bad, right? Not too bad. Betsy, what's your history with Do the Right Thing?
1: I. Did not see this movie when it came out. Uh I am sure I heard all of the negative stuff about this movie being living where I lived in Alabama and not being around a great number of people of color of any color. I didn't, it wasn't until college Mm -hmm. that I saw this movie and people, when it was like the opinions you had about movies really mattered, I was talking about this with a friend before saying this is our next movie, Mm -hmm. like, oh, when, you know, in college, when you're, Opinion about movies matters, you know, and I'm like, oh, yeah, yeah, (laughs) you know, your what culture you like defines you. And so I had I had friends who really, really love this movie. And so they Mm -hmm. were to introduce me.
0: So this you came to it in college.
1: I came to it in college, but Mm -hmm. it's not like a film I watch a million times. It's not one of those those films. I I believe Mm -hmm. I watched it at least at least one time.
0: Mm -hmm. What about you? Same. So clearly didn't watch it when it first came out young teenage Greg still yeah. only in the Tom Cruise world for the most part
1: the adult uh, those adult movies
0: so so like you I came to this in college I want to say that this was a film that was in a class that I took on film in undergrad So I I think I I think I was introduced to this as part of like a history of film class or something like that. Okay. Um, What I do know is that after watching it the first time, I have subsequently watched it numerous times since. Like I've, I've consumed it several times because I just find it totally enthralling, fascinating. of the movies that we're talking about over the course of this year, this may be one that I've seen the most. Either okay. it's the one that I've seen the most or one that is up there in my number of repeat viewings.
1: What drew you back to this movie over and over?
0: A few things. Okay. So, yeah, that'll, it'll, that'll steer me to my hot takes. Here was the first hot take that I had. I wrote that it has more character development in two minutes than most movies have in two hours Mm -hmm. Um, because the film is an ensemble. So it's the story of a community living in Brooklyn and all of these different threads have to come together for a big climax at the end but the threads themselves are given enough space to breathe and give the characters depth and nuance so that they feel like whole people. They feel like they have their problems. They feel like they have their good sides. There's just a lot of complexity, I think in the way that no one's necessarily treated like a hero and no one's either really treated like a villain everybody's just trying to live their life on this block for this one day
1: i connected more with the film now than i did back then mm-hmm. i think watching it with your 2020 lens on yeah, you know, with everything that's happened in our world was you know just even just the conversation around racial violence
2: mm-hmm. and
1: by you know you know, police officers and racism and all of that kind of stuff. I, You know, the, some of the things that I looked at and were kind of as I was processing, watching it again, is really the idea of this as allegory, as parable, as a story.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: And I think as a college student, I don't know whether I really understood nuances of blackness. Yeah, you know, I wouldn't have processed, you know, why is he yelling so much and what's he talking about? And I don't I don't think I would have had any sort of context to understand what what was going on. As you know, as awesome as I thought it was that I had gone to a school that had way more diversity than the high school I was fleeing, right? So I think I don't think I would have gotten it. I don't think I did. And now with study and time, I still can't I still feel like as a white person, I cannot completely understand this movie. So then it just becomes giving yourself over to experiencing the movie.
0: Every time I watch it, it feels like I see something new that I probably either didn't appreciate at a different point in my life, or I just see it in a different way, you know, after 30 years of life experience that I didn't have, you know, when I first watched it. Here's one of my other notes that I think is a big one, Mm -hmm. which is the easy Question to ask of this movie that was probably asked right away as soon as it came out. Right. The very first question that probably comes to people's heads is did Mookie do the right thing? And the reason that that question pops into your mind is because the title is just so, so wonderfully crafted to be kind of a right or wrong scenario that when you see how ambiguous the movie is yeah. and the ambiguity that Spike Lee gives to all of the characters, even Mookie, the fact that you could even ask a question of anyone doing the right thing is a trap that seems intentional that Spike Lee is trying to get you to fall into. That's that's why it feels like the movie ends with the MLK quote, about nonviolent resistance and the Malcolm X quote about Mm self-defense. Like I said, the strength of the movie is its ambiguity. And the fact that it presents you with this question of wondering, like, does anybody do the right thing is an interesting puzzle because that's, that doesn't seem to be the point of the movie at all. Right.
1: Well, and that question itself, when it comes up in the movie, it comes from the mayor. It's his instructions to Mookie. And the generational sliding around, I find really interesting in the movie. Because it also doesn't paint a straight line through that either, right? We start, the soundtrack, right? We start with Lift Every Voice and Sing, Mm -hmm. right? The the Black National Anthem, right? Played Mm -hmm. at the beginning. And then you'll have these kind of saxophone solos. There was another tune in there that I didn't recognize. These kind of older songs, right? Whether they're spiritual connected or what have you. And then you have more, you know, your, your public enemy and that sort of aspect. And you juxtapose lift every voice and sing with the opening dance Mm -hmm. sequence with Rosie Perez to fight the power. And that kind of back and forth, Malcolm X and Martin Luther King juxtaposition that happens, right? This discussion about violence, Mm but even back then, there's still this discussion about how should you, whether we're framing it for the movie, how should you as a black person, React in this world. And I think the idea of doing the right thing when you're talking about being black in America,
2: mm-hmm.
1: it's a decision every day, every every day in different ways about what that means and and, and it's all contextual that there's still that tension between but I'm angry. you know he, you know Danny Aiello even asked his son, right? why are you so where's this anger come
2: from? Yeah why you got so much anger in your why are they like? My friends, they laugh at me. Your friends put money in your pocket, Pino. Fool on your table. They pay your rent, the roof over your head. Huh? They're not your friends. If they were your friends, they wouldn't laugh at
1: you. But what can I say? I don't want to be here. They don't want us here. Yeah. And people are angry, boys in this movie and it isn't just because it's hot. And where does that anger come from and what do you do with it? Because I don't think the anger is bad. And I think we've been No. But in our in our, you know, at least in the waspy context that I go, oh well don't, you know, don't get too heated. You know, keep that there. You know, when Mookie throws the trash can, he's choosing a side because he hasn't really chosen. He's choosing to do something. Because as a character I mean, Mookie's kind of, he's not your hero. There is no hero, no. really. He is, uh, you he's know. He's the
0: character we're following. He's the character we're
1: following. Day, you know, but God bless Spike Lee's acting talent. I mean, <laughs> the slight pause before every single one of Mookie's. I, I always know it's a Mookie line if there's a slight pause and he's not speaking. And then he's speaking. got it. Even though the, the killing of the boombox is like somebody right. dying. Yeah. His friend is dead. Yeah, and you rage. It is Ruby D in the street, yelling, and keening, essentially wailing. Yeah, for the yeah. death, grieving that injustice.
0: I I just feel like there were a lot of intentional decisions that were made that draw even. You know, the, the complexity that we're talking about into even more focus. Right. Like, I think, it, I think that it's intentional that Giancarlo Esposito plays Bugging Out and has this gripe about there being no brothers on the wall, right? right. And it's just Italian Americans. And so now you've got an Italian actor complaining right. about there being Italian American actors on a wall. But he's also representing a black experience. And so, like, I think all of these choices are intentional choices. And they're calling us to kind of reconcile these things. It's like you're at war with yourself. It's like yep. you're, you're at war with trying to figure, figure this puzzle out. I think the, the Ruby D thing is, is excellent. Because she goes from the burn it down during the riot to just this grieving wail. And those two things seem incongruous at first, but it's it's in that incongruity that that sort of brings out the humanity of this situation.
1: The economic angle of this movie as well, you know, talking about mm-hmm. we're talking about redlining, but we're not talking about rather redlining you know, We're talking about right. who gets business loans and who doesn't. The white guy in his Larry Bird t shirt, which it just it was so yeah. the jersey usage throughout this movie. <laughs> and he stepped amazing. on he stepped
0: on buggin' buggin Jordan's. So it's the guy in the Larry Bird jersey stepping on Jordans, like on his way to his Brooklyn step up.
1: Yeah, when they said, But I when he turns around he goes, But I'm from Brooklyn and they're all like, Oh no, like <laughs> like that, you know, <laughs> and just gentrification. And all yeah. of that, because they're foreshadowing what's going to happen to bed yeah. you know, what, what's happened to so many of the neighborhoods. I love the use of nickname and as familiars,
2: mm-hmm. you know,
1: whether it's mayor, whether it's how the mayor calls everybody doctor and mm-hmm. whether it's how, you know, your mother, sister and Radio Raheem, and even Mookie, because I tried to look up the origins of mother, sister and mm-hmm. I feel like it comes from someplace. I feel like it's rooted in something that I just don't know. Yeah.
0: Well, I think there's also something, too, about the placement of her. So she's she she looks down over the block while the mayor wanders through the streets of the block. And so their interaction is like the mayor on the street level and her from like this god position kind of looking down and overseeing everything. And I think that there's something important about that so that when the mayor brings her flowers, he's like climbing Olympus to bring an offering and then going back down into the street again. Best scene in the movie.
1: I'm going to let you go first. Go first. Probably
0: the best scene is one that I can't play, which is the, Racial slurs Mm -hmm. delivered to the camera. Mm
2: -hmm. It just
0: it's so jarring because it's coming right at you. It's not part of the narrative. It's like all of a sudden uh, Spike has kind of like pulled back the casing and just kind of release the el- electricity that's underwriting this whole movie. It's like, it's like an exposed nerve where all of the stuff that's going unsaid, we're going to say it all. It's going to all come out and you're going to see like, this is what's at the heart of this. Right. And then it's going to get covered up and we're going to go back into the story again, but it's just so raw and so yeah, compelling.
1: I think for me, it's probably the Radio Raheem with the love-hate. <laughs> mm.
2: the hype! Newest Latest. Let me tell you the story of right hand, left hand. It's a tale of good and evil. Hate. It was with this hand that Kane iced his brother. Love. These five fingers. They go straight to the soul of man. The right hand, the hand of love. The story of life is this static. One hand is always fighting the other hand. And the left hand is kicking much ass. I mean, it looks like the right hand love is finished. But hold on, stop the presses. The right hand's coming back. Yeah, he got the left hand on the ropes now, that's right, yeah, ooh, it's a devastating right, and hate is hurt, he's down, ooh, ooh, left hand hate, KO'd by love. If I love you, I love you, but if I hate you, there it is, love and hate, I love you, I love just
1: that looking up at him like he's this giant, yeah. You know it always makes you wonder why you know when when Radio walks around, like he does have a very powerful boombox, but yeah. that they always acquiesce to him, right? And then you take it to to the the love eye for an eye makes the whole world blind. You know those conflicting quotes at the end. It just kind of comes right back to makes you think of that scene immediately
0: when you're reading mm-hmm. it. Yeah, I think that that's probably the most famous scene from the movie yeah. um, definitely like i said it could be the mission statement for the movie mm-hmm. um and i it probably is because it's delivered straight to the camera best performance from the movie.
1: oh best performance so i guess i have two that i'm thinking of okay. so one is smiley mm. roger grenbier smith as smiley feels like a neighborhood staple Like the person who has some sort of developmental challenges, whether that's something he's always had or from an accent, we get no background, but he's walking around with this, you know, he's the, he's the fool. He's the fool character, right. In the, you know, the jester who Mm -hmm. is the one that no one would look to for truth, but has been walking around with it the whole time. And that Martin and Malcolm picture and what he talks about and how he kind of ends up, in the middle of the action at different points and is kind of pulled in and sucked in and pushed and pulled as a character himself almost kind of representative in some way and then that tacking up of that picture at the end and then I think my other is uh, Ozzie Davis hey you old
0: drunk
2: what did I tell you about drinking in front of my stoop move on you're blocking my view you
0: are ugly enough don't stare at me The evil eye doesn't work on me.
2: Mother, sister, you've been talking about me for 18 years. What have I done to you? You're a drunk fool. Besides that, the mayor don't bother nobody. And nobody don't bother the mayor, but you. The mayor just tend to his own business. I love everybody. I even love you. Hold your tongue. You don't have
0: that much love.
2: One day, you're going to be nice to me. We may both be dead and buried, but you're gonna be nice, at least civil.
1: Mm. Just there's a lot watching he and Ruby D together.
0: Yeah, pretty
1: happy. You know, the, even the kid on the street's like, you're, whenever you're done with your soliloquy, that he has <laughs> these moments and and is actually fluid and present in all the spaces. Yeah, that he's in the Korean grocery store and he's able to be in the pizzeria and he's out on the stoop and he's, you know saving the kid and he ends up being this person who's kind of everywhere
0: what about you um you know what uh so back in the day when i was a kid there was a mini series that came out called the stand it was uh stephen king's oh, the listen, stand it was mini series that,
1: that, it, yeah it.
0: mini series that I'm took place with molly course
1: ringwald course, molly ringwald the- molly ringwald in that exactly that was nice
0: that was my introduction to Ruby D. and so if Ruby D. shows up in any movie, she will be my answer every single time yeah. when it comes to best performance. I remember being in an Oscar party, I think in seminary, actually, probably in your apartment,
2: <laughs> where
0: Ruby D. was nominated for Best Supporting Actress for American Gangster, yes. and they showed her clip. And I th- I said out loud she should win the Oscar based on that clip alone. <laughs> it
2: yeah. was
0: just so good. so
2: good.
0: So my answer to best performance is always going to be Ruby D if she's in any film. I agree about Ozzie Davis. Uh, I would say John Turturro sneaks in for me yeah. as an honorable mention to this because it's a it's a role that you don't want to take as an actor. This is the Michael Rooker. This is the Michael Rooker role. You don't want this
2: one. (laughs) Right.
0: (laughs) So right before the violence starts, Sal says to his sons, you know, I'm going to rename this place, Sal and Sons Pizzeria. And Mookie, you're always going to have a place here. And the whole movie is John Turturro basically saying like, I don't want this. Like you want this. I don't want this. I don't want to run this store. I don't want to be in this neighborhood You know, I I don't want this. And so as the pizzeria is burning down, he has it cuts to one look of his and he's got this sort of half smile, half serious look on his face, because I think of two reasons. One is he doesn't have to inherit this stupid pizzeria anymore, like it's burning down. And then the other is everything that's happening reinforces the racism that he already believes. And so not only is he vindicated for what he thinks is his right belief, but now he's off the hook for being uh, a, a pizzeria owner in this community, too. You can see it in just yeah. a half smile. Like, John Turturro is great. That's, yeah, I guess that's what I'm trying to say. Stats.
1: Stats. Yes.
0: I got some stats about the movie.
1: Tell me about it.
0: It opened on June 30th, 1989. Summer movie. This is the this is the first movie that's come the closest to July 4th holiday for us. <laughs> Big
1: well, July was 4th. That, was that a thing? Was that a thing back then? Did yeah, Batman
0: was... open on July 4th? Did, no, no, no. I don't know. Summer movies were a thing by this point. All I know because, is
1: Will Smith was not on the scene yet.
0: He that's the true. King, King of 4th
1: of July or whatever.
0: Summer movies were a thing, because Batman and Indiana Jones came out that summer. I remember seeing those. Uh, Domestic gross of $26 million. It was the number 45 grossing movie of 1989. It's the number 3,078th top grossing movie of all time. Between The World's End.
1: Oh, oh, The Bar, The Pub. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah. The World's End was the pub crawl movie, Yeah. yeah. So it's between the world's end and the adventures of Rocky and Bullwinkle. I know. It's sad.
1: <laughs> but this movie selling internationally. Yeah. It's not happening.
0: Well, we'll talk about it in a second it's too. Bad. But this is this is an independent movie. It yeah. may have been released by Universal, but it has an independent soul. 93% on Rotten Tomatoes. Uh, I think that's the highest Rotten Tomato score we've had on the show so far. Roger Ebert says it comes closer to reflecting the current state of race relations in America than any other movie of our time. Four out of four stars. Mm-hmm. Raj is in the bag for this. Raj, mm-hmm. this is his number one movie of the year on his top ten list, and I think it's a runaway yeah. for his number one. Yeah. Uh, no, Pauline Kael review for this movie. How did it do at the Oscars? It had no wins at the Oscars. Nominated for two.
1: Two. Danny hmm And then what's the second one? Screenplay? No.
0: Original screenplay. Yeah. So Spike missed out on Best Director and Best Picture. Yeah. But he was one of the writers on the movie. So he was yeah. nominated for Best Original Screenplay. Yeah. Famously, Kim Basinger... Yes at the oscars in 1990 when reading off the best picture nominees said and do the right thing should have been nominated
1: yes <laughs> to, to this interesting scarring applause i mean she's not the person who i would guess to go rogue at an award show yo know, mook
2: a couple words of time what them. come you got no brothers up on a wall. man ask sal right Hey, hey, Sal, how come you got no brothers on the wall here? You want brothers on the wall? Get your own place. You can do what you want to do. You can put your brothers and uncles and nieces and nephews, your stepfather, stepmother, whoever you want. You see? But this is my pizzeria. American-Italians on the wall only. Take it easy, pal. Huh? you, hey, don't start with me today. What? Yeah, that might be fine, Sal, but uh, you, you own this. Rarely do I see any American Italians eating in here. All I see is black folks. So since we spend much money here, we do have some set. Woo. You're looking for trouble? Are you a troublemaker? Is that what you are? you making trouble? Yeah, I'm a troublemaker. I'm making trouble. You're a real ball breaker. Always coming in here looking for trouble, huh? Suppose I busted your head, how would you? Ah, Mookie. Okay. Look, you want to get your friend out of here? What? Well, are you gonna kick me out now? Or are you, you gonna kick me out? No, I'm not kicking you out. You're kicking yourself out. What? Look, we got some brothers up on the wall. You Let's know, go. Malcolm X, Nelson Mandela. You know, your know, Michael Jordan. Tomorrow, come get on, get them out, get get out. Him
0: out wait, wait. all right? I'm trying to get them out. I'm I paying life. Up. I know you
2: paid for it. let Yeah, all right. All right. She's kicking me out. going to beat me in the head. You're going to kick me out, right? <laughs> on, let's yeah, okay. Be- yeah, all right. Let's yeah, I, look, I paid for my... Look, boycott style. go. Boycott yo, boycott style. I got yo, you a boycott swing.
0: Boycott style. Yo, I pick. What going you like. Legacy of this movie, I wrote down to differentiate our conversation that we had after Mississippi Burning. I wrote down this idea of racial tension. What differentiates this movie from Mississippi burning and the conversation we had about race following that movie is it portrays racial strife and injustice and hatred too without the self-righteousness. And it's just one block in Brooklyn, but this could be a portrait of the world. You know, spike is an interesting person because he can get preachy he has a lot to say in this movie and this movie is packed with ideas yeah. but at no point do i feel like i'm getting preached at in this whole thing
1: well when we talked about when we talked about mississippi burning we talked about it being a movie about race and civil rights for white people yeah and i i watch i think i don't know whether i feel like this i don't feel like this movie is for, for white people there's no primer helping people catch up, you're just in, in community. If Mm -hmm. you aren't familiar with community in that Mm -hmm. setting, then you're, so, I mean, there's parts of me that feel uncomfortable being a person talking about it because I don't know whether it's, it's not mine.
0: So I get the idea of, you can't feel like you, you feel like you can't understand or like fully understand the experience. I totally get that. But is there something that keeps this movie at arm's length for you?
1: you know, my coming at this with, you know, classic white curiosity, like, Mm -hmm. oh, let me take a look at this urban community that I have no idea what's going on there. You know, there's that element to it that feels like that's what I'm doing. And I think about the girl who went away to school and desperately wanted to be in contact with people from different backgrounds and different experiences to then be presented with a movie with a very, you know, straightforward, you know, The representation in this movie and being like, I don't, I don't, I don't really understand what's going on right now. Like, I could Mm -hmm. see that scenario playing out in my 19-year-old head.
0: Interesting. Why is everybody so angry?
1: Right. Why is everybody yelling? I struggle. I struggle with it.
0: Every time it gets to Mookie opening the door after they've closed. You know, and Sal saying, hang on, I've got four more slices. I'll give him four more slices. Every single time that starts, I am just it's like I'm slack jawed watching the screen from that moment forward. And I get that, like, it's a lot going on. He films it in a way that the violence starts so quietly at the end of that movie that by the time it escalates to the point that Radio Rahim is dead on the pavement. Mm -hmm. Like you can't believe that it got there so quickly. Any other movie would have like, you know, oh, here comes a big music cue. And now we're building up to this crescendo of violence. And now we're going to come down and now we're going to move into this. And he just, he starts it quiet it goes to this place of sheer horror where you can't believe what you're watching. I just think that it's so well done.
1: It's messy. It's not clear what's going on. Like, you know, it's not a highly choreographed fight scene. I mean, maybe it was to look as chaotic as it is that it was.
0: The firefighters turning the hose on the crowd. Yeah. Like what a choice. Because it, it's going to bring back echoes of oh, Alabama. Oh God,
1: yes, yes.
0: Like he knows what he's doing. I think that that's what that's what's so amazing is that he's he's trying to pull you into this state of tension in this community, and he's trying to show you, like, look, here, here it is, here it all well, laid lay it he, out.
1: He uses echoes like that, intentional choices like around language as well. Uh, the Michael Tweedy book, The Cooking Gene, was the first time I had heard the term potlicker before. Oh,
2: okay.
1: And Ozzie Davis at one point says that. So there's lots of call language. Mm-hmm. There's lots mm-hmm. of different things that will take you to all different points mm-hmm. in the black experience in America. Yeah. And And the suffering of black drama.
0: The thing about looking at movies from 30 years ago is that... They can often feel dated, right? Like, I'm thinking about our working girl experience. This movie feels like it could have been made yesterday.
1: Oh, absolutely.
0: I mean, that's the thing. Like, there's so much of a history lesson built into this movie that it carries forward. And, and, that,
1: I, and that I understand it better now that I've done some of the work.
0: Yeah. Who's this is movie for? <sighs> Classic going on 30 question.
1: Gen X. Mm. That's two Two, in a row Two
0: Gen X's in a row
1: The experience, I can't know The experience of being a person Of color seeing this on the screen Yeah And, And what that would have felt like
0: Yeah, I wrote Americans Yes It is a mirror To the American experience It's what's It's what's said and what's left unsaid everything that you think of when you think of a Spike Lee joint is on the heels of this
1: movie. Yeah. I think it was because of this movie. I might've asked what 40 acres and a mule. Oh yeah. Put it out, right. Mm-hmm. You know, as mm-hmm. his production company. It also launched Sam Jackson who before this was playing like mob guy. Number three. Okay.
0: Out of five.
1: Out. Of
0: five. What is your rating for this movie? I have your past ratings here on a list. I have now started keeping a list, a running tab. So, so far, here's what you have. I will go from bottom to top. You have Born on the 4th of July, (laughs) 3.25. The Abyss, 3.75. Dead Poet Society, 4.5. So where do you have Do the Right Thing?
1: I give it a 4.5.
0: Oh, interesting. Why, why is it a 4.5 for you?
1: I don't have a good answer. Okay.
0: I have a 5 out of 5. Yeah. I think that this movie is a masterpiece. I think that it is complicated and lovely. It is well-crafted and yet feels like an independent movie. It has a lot to say and it never gets preachy. And all of that sort of adds up to a five out of five for me.
1: The Dead Poets Society number. I Mm -hmm. admitted that that was a lot about nostalgia for me. Mm -hmm. and Who I see myself as watching that movie the first time and that sort of thing. This four out of five comes from my experience of it now.
0: Okay.
1: Yeah. That we're dealing Mm -hmm. with two different experiences through time for me. Interesting. Yeah.
0: Okay. So I... Had said that, you know, we would each pick two movies that we would nominate. One of uh, one of mine we've already gotten to, The Abyss. Yours are coming up
1: mm-hmm.
0: soonish. I had assumed that this movie would be one that we would agree.
1: I agree. Sort of yes, unanimous was...
0: decision. This was yeah. one that we would nominate. I'm curious. Why do you think that this would be a movie that we would both sort of nominate? put out there as like best picture of 1989.
1: I think maybe it goes back full circle to the beginning of the podcast, you know, whereas being people who enjoy popular culture, study popular culture, see the meaning making and relevance in popular culture. This is one of those movies. And it was, it was involved in an egregious lack of acknowledgement.
0: This is historically listed. As an egregious example of when the Academy got it wrong. By leaving this film off. However, here's what I'll say. The Academy really fails to nominate new filmmakers. And they fail to nominate something that looks like independent filmmaking. And I, I see Spike Lee as an independent filmmaker. It's not going to be a crowd-pleasing like, drama. Like we're going to watch Driving Miss Daisy next. Like, there's going to be no risk. I'm
1: not going to have to sit over here and think differently.
0: Right. Spike still does this. You know, Black Klansman was a provocative film. Even though he's 30 years on, he still has that soul of, yeah, I'm going to I'm going to dig in places that you probably don't want to Mm
2: -hmm.
0: be exposed. I just think that that kind of bravery towards art and at the end of the day, film is an art form that kind of bravery towards art needs to be recognized by us as a society because it has value. This film has value. And that's why I would say it needs to be nominated. Where does this rank with the 1990? I have born on the 4th of July. Number four, dead poet society. Number three, the abyss. Number two, and now do the right thing. Number one, you have based on your scores, Born on the 4th of July, number four. The Abyss, number three. And now you have a two way tie between Dead Poet Society and Do the Right Thing.
1: Yes. For everyone keeping score. <laughs> Desperately.
0: Driving Miss Daisy yeah. is our next film. I can't believe it. Betsy, thank you for heading to the pizza place with me. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that was a weak sauce
0: yes. thank you for hanging out on the stoop with me
1: yep,
2: you on got a it.
0: hot brook day we'll see you next time